call for an outpouring. We cry out for an outpouring of your spirit tonight in this place and in all of our churches, God. In the name of Jesus, we call forth an outpouring of your spirit even on that island of Bermuda. God, we're asking you to blow open the prison doors. Blow open all the church doors. Blow open all the doors of business. God, do it. Do only what you can do, God. And Father, we thank you that you are healing. You are healing our pastors there in their church. You are healing and bringing life. And Father, we ask you, we ask you that even in this nation, we ask you for a fresh outpouring. Because God, this, this is the greatest hour of revival. This is the greatest hour. And God, we thank you that revival is not in a building, but God, it is in the hearts of all the people. Set a fire set a passion God that we will not get one minute's rest till we have shared the gospel with every person we meet Father in the name of Jesus I thank you for the Holy Ghost fire that is ignited in this place and in each of our hearts God in Jesus name we're asking for just the wind of your Holy Spirit to blow through here tonight God and God I thank you for our Father I thank you Father for Dr. Kenneth Tracy for her sister C I thank you for the anointing that rests so heavily upon them I thank you for his Father's heart I thank you for that apostolic anointing now God I just thank you that you use him like never before and God that he will impact this house and blow the roof off of this place God we give you praise we give you glory in Jesus name hallelujah 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 Good evening, Evangel. Good evening Amen. to everyone joining us by live. Welcome to our 7 p.m. service. We're so glad that you came out to worship with us tonight. Thank you for showing Dr. Lenny and Dr. Tom, Pastor Avon, everybody. With all the chaplains, remain standing. With all the chaplains, please stand up. IEC or FRC chaplains, would you please stand up? Amen. And the last one is all my staff, volunteer and played. Please stand up, staff. Amen? We'll give a little clap offering. I want to thank you for making tonight a dream. And my wonderful cousin, where is she at? Where's my blind cousin over there? Vicki, would you stand up? Vicki. There'll be a special meeting afterwards up in the Canastrazy Hall for all of you. Say amen? Amen. Following the service. Well, at this time, I'm going to just turn it over to a man that God has used to make a difference in my life. He's been all over the world. He's made a difference in many people's lives. I would know, uh, I'd still be pastoring a little church on the east side if it wasn't for him pushing me and prodding me. I wouldn't know how to spell chaplain. I wouldn't know how to spell network. I wouldn't know how to spell the apostolic or the prophetic. So I give God the glory, but I thank God 
for this man using me and uh, pushing me and training me and imparting to me and my wife. Amen. Uh, we talk every couple of weeks and started in 1989. In that fall, that year, he came out. And he comes every year once at least. He's never missed a year except for COVID. So let's stand to our feet. I want you to give a round of applause to the Lord Jesus Christ for this gift to the body. Sister C and Apostle Emmanuel Canistrazi. Come on, come on, come on. Give Jesus a clap, Bob. You're going to be stirred tonight. What's the word this morning? Grace in the what? The wilderness. Hallelujah. 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 I, I just feel to talk about the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think you people realize what you really have. If you have the Holy Ghost. I mean, they're nothing better. <laughs> they're nothing better. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break with part two. Because I want to prophesy a little bit. But I want to talk about the baptism of the Holy Ghost for a few minutes. Luke 24, 49. Jesus told his disciples, tarry in Jerusalem. Now, they were ready to turn the world upside down, but they would have turned it upside down and it would have stayed upside down because they weren't ready. said, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued, clothed, filled with power from on high. Then he said, I'm going to send you. They were ready to go. I mean, they wanted to go. But what would they have accomplished? And then in Acts 2, 4, they were there. In the upper room, the Feast of Pentecost. And it says, and they were all filled. How many? Do you know that in Pentecostal churches, there's 40 or 50% of the people that have never been filled with the Holy Ghost? Shame on the pastor. How can you be Pentecostal and not be filled with the Holy Ghost? On the day of Pentecost, a few were filled. No. Some were filled. No. The front row was filled. No. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now you know these verses, but I want to tantalize you a little bit. Luke 135, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of, this was being said to Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary, the baby, Jesus, leaped in her womb. It hadn't moved, that embryo hadn't moved. In all of those months, six, seven months. And she told how she got filled with the Holy Ghost. 
and the baby inside leaped. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, was filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, hallelujah. And now I'm going to tell you something you won't believe. <laughs> Little Johnny, the Bible says, was filled with the Holy Ghost in his mother's womb. Don't you play around with the Holy Ghost. Don't you think that this is some little blessing or something? And you know what? Jesus was baptized in water, and John the Baptist said, I can't baptize you. You should baptize me. He said, do it. And he went down in the water, and he came up speaking in tongues. And a dove, there it is, that dove I talked about. The dove came and sat on his head, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to ask you a question. Don't answer it, because I will rebuke you if you lie. Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? I didn't say, did you get the Holy Ghost? You don't get the Holy Ghost. He's got to get you. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, I got really good news. You're going to get filled tonight. How many want to get filled tonight? So everybody in the Bible, I could give you a hundred scriptures. But it is so important. And the reason we've had pandemics, and the reason we've had fires, and, and oh, I prophesied this here in this church, and I prophesied it when your pastor and all of our 35, 40 pastors of our network uh, were in Monterey for our time together, and Holy Spirit said, prophesy. And then I began to prophesy, whoa, everything shall be shaken. Everything is going to shake. And that which can't be shaken. And, and, and I was just prophesying. That's not like me. But the next day I was awakened by my nephew David, my spiritual son, who is now lead pastor of our church. And he said, turn on the television, uncle. Turn on the television. I said, what for? We don't have to be there till 9 o'clock. It's 8.30. <laughs> he said, turn it on. And he was crying. And I turned the television on to see the second plane go into the tower and blast it on fire. And, of course, it came down. There was no preaching at that conference. Your pastors were there. There was no preaching. I was supposed to preach. Uh, we all got on our face before God. It was a wake-up call. 3,000 people killed at work. Firemen, policemen gave their lives. What a horror. What a tragedy. Why did I have to prophesy that everything's going to be shaken? Because in the Philippines, I was at the big auditorium that Mel, uh, Melda Marcos built, and there were 1,000 leaders there. And then there was 850 Roman Catholic priests and nuns 
cardinal sin, S-I-N, heard that there's going to be a renewal, and he sent all his priests and nuns. The biggest mistake a cardinal can make is to send priests and nuns to a Holy Ghost-filled preacher. So, the place is packed, and I, I decided to preach on the new birth. <laughs> it's leaders, it's pastors of churches, it's, 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 it's all kinds of different titles. Prophets, prophets, teachers, evangelists, you know, name it. And I'm preaching on the new birth, and I didn't know why. And I told the little story. I remember it when I was four years old. Samson, you were there when I was four years old. I mean, we went to a police deal sponsored by the policemen of Chicago. And there was an evangelist. And he had a baby pig. And he had it in his arms. And we, all of us kids, were just looking, you know, and went, you know how are you going to talk to kids four and five? Get a baby pig. And he said, what shall we call the pig? And somebody said, Luella. And by the way, anybody here called that? No intention. No intention. And then they said, Luella, well, what shall we do with the pig? And the pig was nervous and wanted to get out. Someone said, put lipstick on him. So one of the ladies there put lipstick on the pig. Somebody said, he needs perfume. And they sprayed him with perfume. Put a ribbon on. How did they know he was a he? I didn't know her a she. And, and what did the, the preacher do? Called the janitor. Said, bring it in now. And they brought a tray full of mud. Do you remember this, Samson? And water and stirred the mud up. And the pig jumped out. Got in the pail. And he went all over. Lipstick. Breath, everything. The ribbon. Full of mud. And then I said, he was born a pig. Once a pig. He's always a pig. You can put perfume on him. You can put lipstick on him. You can call him whatever name you want. But he's been a born a pig. And he needs to be born something else. But God born him to be a pig. And you can't make a pig anything else but a pig. And then I talked about the new birth. I talked about the new birth to leaders. You have to be born again. You must be born again. You must be born from above. And I said to the Filipino interpreter, are you getting it? Are you getting it right? Because something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. I made an altar call, and 850 nuns and priests came forward. I said to the interpreter, what did you say to them? I said exactly what you said. They must be born again. I said, these are priests and nuns. I will not offend them. I said to the father, I said to the mother superior, what are you doing in this line? This is for people that need to be born again. They said, we're not born again like you say. Whoa! I said, come on in. 
forward and we said the prayer and we cried out and repented of their sins. And then I said, we got to get the Peter package. Repent. Be baptized. Receive the Holy Ghost. And I start laying hands on these priests and nuns. And 800 of them received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Speaking another. Come on, come on, come on, come on. We got. It was the mistake that Cardinal Sin made. But God let him make it. Because now most of them are in our churches. <laughs> come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You ever get filled with the Holy Ghost there's nothing like it you can be filled every day of your life you can be full of the Holy Ghost and when you speak out comes the Holy Spirit revelation and truth and doctrine that transforms lives, that energizes people, that melts cancers, goiters disappear, blind eyes are open, cripples walk. Don't tell me you're baptized with the Holy Ghost and never won a soul. I don't know what you're baptized with. Don't tell me you're baptized with the Holy Ghost and you never prayed for some sick person and they got healed. Don't tell me that! Who do you think you're kidding? You may have had a few little goosebumps and maybe a little bit of quivering, but if you get baptized, I mean you're immersed, you're bearing, you're full! Now every one of you are full of something. You're all full of something. I'd rather be full of the Holy Ghost. And you know when it started? I wasn't in diapers. But Samson will tell you. I was four and a half years old. My daddy had a music store. I was born to Italian parents that were poor. I was born... August 24, 1932, the Depression was terrible. We were on welfare. No one could buy guitars, mandolins, accordions, <laughs> zitters, bass fiddles. Nobody had money. The only, the only thing you could really buy is the Japanese harmonica because it was so cheap. Because it was made in Japan. And if you really wanted a good one, you had to buy one from Germany called the Honer. I learned that at four years old. My dad started making money by teaching. Dad played every stringed instruments. And he played it good. And he was able to teach it. And it imparted. And two Roman Catholic wealthy men came to take lessons. And dad would put his Bible on the stand and then the, the music book. And he said, before we get into the chords and, 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 and how to play a guitar, I got to give you a lesson about Jesus Christ. <laughs> and they had to listen to him make an appeal 
for them to be born again. And if he wouldn't, they wouldn't stay, he wouldn't, even though he needed the money, he would not teach them. And so they stayed. My mother would come in and she would say, Charlie, Charlie, those guys will never get saved. Your food is cold. You're, you're taking too much time with them. He said, no, I'm not. One day, they're going to be saved. One day. Alexander Sisko and Ted Rubick both knelt down next to their guitars and received Jesus Christ as their Savior. Received Jesus Christ as their Savior. And they started a church in Chicago. I got to preach in that church when I was an old man, about 16. They had 5,000 in their church. They wore their collar backwards. I didn't care. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. But I went into the music store when they were being taught, and Daddy said, what are you doing here? I told you never to interrupt. I said, Daddy, I want to pray. He said, Pee-wee, and don't you dare call me Pee-wee, or I will hit you with my Bible. I hate that name. Pee-wee, I told you never to interrupt. I said, but I want to pray. He said, we will pray. Later, when we get the family, we'll pray. And I went, and I was disappointed, and there was a burning desire in me to pray. I don't know why. I don't know what I ate. I don't know what I swallowed, what was making me hungry. I went back in and risked a beating, and I said, Daddy, let's pray. And so Daddy dismissed his pupil. Samson! He called my brother. Daniel! Another brother. Abraham! Another brother. He called all the Candace Tracy's. Pee-wee wants to pray. You know how they loved me from then on. <laughs> Interrupted their kicking the can in the alley when the little spoiled brat wanted to pray. So we got down to pray. And I don't know why a four-year-old would be repenting of sins. What can a four-year-old do? But I was crying and praying. And suddenly I got filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak another tongue. Dad said about my brother Samson, Dad said he got jealous. He was five years old. And peeking through his hands, saw Pee-wee enraptured and Hoshakanda Ribababa. And he repented of his sins and he got filled. Daniel, who is now 92, Daniel said, I wanted to. Pow! He got it. Oh, Candace Tracy's children on the floor, linoleum floor, behind the partition in the music store, full of the Holy Ghost, a family revival. Somebody shout hallelujah. 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 The phone rang. The phone rang. And it was Pastor Broshai. Kind of like the co-pastor. She reminds me a lot of your co-pastor. Yeah, oh, beautiful, wonderful co-pastor of this church. I see fire 
I see fire. Your house is on fire. We're wondering why you're not here. Because all the canistraces came. And we sat on the front row. We had our guitars, our mandolins, our, uh, our banjo guitars. And we played. None of the canistraces was at church. And she had a vision that the house was on fire. And Dad said, you're right. They're all burning up with the Holy Ghost. He held the phone and let her hear all the canistraces. Oh, that we had church there on the linoleum floor. She prophesied. I had double pneumonia. I was dying. I had both lungs were filled with pus, and the pus would come out of my mouth. My sister Caroline and my other sister Frances took turns sleeping with me because any day I would be gone. The Board of Health came to examine Canastraces. You know, there was a baby every year in our house. <laughs> the, some people said my dad should take up golf or something. But anyhow, they came to examine us and they saw that I was dying, both lungs filled with pus. And they said, we're going to take him to the hospital. Dad said, no, you're not. We're going to pray. Our church is a praying church. But, but we got to take him. And she called the doctor to come over. And the head doctor came over, checked my lungs. He said, they're filled with pus. We got to pierce his lungs. We got to operate on him. He will be, die. And Dad said, we're, we're believers. We're not against doctors, but we just want to pray. And uh, the phone rang, and Sister Bruce, I said, I see Emmanuel in a coffin. I see him laid out in a coffin. And uh, I see two hands. Do you remember this? See if you can remember it. Yeah, and a big hand came across and broke the coffin open. And there was little Emmanuel. Turned the coffin into crumbs. Took the body out and stood the body up. And Emmanuel was raised up alive and completely healed. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. I believe when you get full of the prophetic anointing and the apostolic authority, you're going to see the dead raised in Detroit, in Roseville, or wherever you're at. You're going to see miracles that are so profound and so outstanding. They cannot be. The doctor came over. He had come so many times, and my dad preached to him, and he was Jewish, nothing against Jewish but he did not want any sermons from my dad. But he got them. And he'd leave pills and medicine and prescriptions. And dad took them and put them on the shelf. And one day he came. He never had to be led into my room. He could just walk in. And he saw the bed was empty. And my mother came in and said, Where is Emmanuel? He's out in the alley. He died, and you got him in the alley? No, he's out playing kick the can. Is that right? He said, bring him in. 
And they brought me in. I said, oh, no, oh, no, not him. His breath smells. <laughs> Stripped me and started pounding all over and listening and pounding. And his eyes got wide. And he said, Mr. Canistry, what the hell did you do? <laughs> he said, I prayed. <laughs> and our church prayed. And our, our associate pastor had a vision that he died and God raised him up. He listened some more. He said, there's nothing in his lungs. My back had twisted and he drew my back, my spine as an S. And suddenly it snapped and it came back into place. He looked at that and he said, this can't happen. This, this, this can't, it did happen. And you know what he said, this Jewish doctor? He said, whatever you did, keep doing it. And we have kept doing it. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Keep doing it. When you have nine children, I don't care if Samson would come home with his head cracked open, beaten up, and that's happened, and bleeding, dad would get a little... Bork acid, little something, clean it up. He didn't sew it together, and he'd just say, Jesus, you take, take care of it. And it would happen. Nine children raised, and dad's prayers, and dad's anointing, and dad's spiritual filling of the Holy Ghost brought hundreds of people into the kingdom of God. You could not buy a guitar or a mandolin in our church while he would get it off the shelf and start polishing it, make-believing, he would say, do you know Jesus as your Savior? Have you ever, ever, ever up to Charlie, let me have the guitar. Yeah, well, I will. But you know Jesus died on the cross for you. Come on. I, that's what a Holy Ghost-filled believer should be doing. You shouldn't expect just us paid preachers. I know. We're paid to be good. You're good for nothing. You should be out there praying for the sick, casting out devils, ringing your doorbells of your neighbor's house. Can we help you? Oh, sister, he, she's sick. I'll come in. I'll help. I'll take her to the doctor. I'll, I'll get some oatmeal. I'll get some orange juice. I'll do something. We've got the Holy Ghost. We've got the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost works. And what are we doing with it? We're just getting tickled. We're just getting goosebumps. We're just getting stammering lips. But let's do what the Holy Ghost came in for us to do to make us revivalists, evangelists, pastors, teachers. I'm going to tell you something. You will only begin to see what God is going to do in your life and ministry because there is going to be a... A, a, a new dimension of the authority and power of the Holy Ghost in your life. And there's going to be a reset of all of your desires and hopes and aspirations. And God's going to show you a new dimension of what he has intended before you were even born. Get ready for great and wonderful things to happen. You say, but I'm not... Neither was I. I didn't think I was anybody as a four and a half year old. But I tell you what I thought. Now that I got the baptism, what's next? Yep. 
And so I began to desire the gifts. And Samson will tell you that when we went to church, all of the nine children, or eight children, or seven, with their instruments, I did not sit on the front seat with a mandolin. I got down on my knees and prayed. And I didn't get up until God gave me a message in tongues and with an interpretation. Come on. That's a four and a half to five year old. And that stayed with me. And I knew. Someone said, how did you ever come to have healings and miracles? It's because the power of the Holy Ghost wants to do miracles. You've been filled and empowered to heal the sick, cast out devils. And so how can you do it? You can do it just by letting the Holy Ghost be released in you and put your hands on person or shake hands with the person. Can I pray for you? If they're sneezing, say, can I pray for you? If they're coughing, can I pray for you? If they got a headache, can I pray for you? If they have a burden or a problem, can I pray for you? Because your prayer is not just words, but you have Holy Spirit powerful prayers. Praying in the Holy Ghost. You know, I pray 30 to 40 minutes and mostly an hour every day of my life. Pray in the Holy Ghost. When you think that I was doing this since I was a kid, I have prayed millions and millions and millions of tongues. And what does it do to pray in the Holy Ghost? Praying in the Holy Ghost builds you up, Jude said. Builds you up in the most holy faith. Listen, you've got the gift of the baptism. Stir up the gift. Let the Holy Ghost be released in your life every day. Look up. Raise your hands, everybody, and speak another time. I command you to speak another time. Roboto, ridida jobo shatata, rododa badanda go to that. Yet another tabu no root, richa, capo, kuno hota kata sata. Come on, it's in you. It's in you. Rabo tanda lalaba. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. Open the floodgates. Open the floodgates. I delivered telegrams. I got a permit to get out of school. And I got a bicycle. And dad let me become a Western Union telegraph boy. They gave me a uniform, a hat. And I had the downtown section of Oakland, California. I delivered telegrams to the chief of police to the mayor, to the officials. It was my enjoyable job. And I had to, there were a lot of apartment houses. I had to try to find the name of the person on the telegram. I couldn't open the telegram. I couldn't read the telegram. But I rang the doorbell. And there was nobody answered. And I was waiting for someone to answer. So then I just rang all the doorbells. And then I said, I got a telegram, telegram, and I'd mention the name. Oh, well, she's not here. And they would look disappointed. Why'd you ring my bell? Because I've got a telegram for you. And I'd reach in my pocket, and I said, here's the telegram from Jesus. He loves you. He died for you. He wants to save you. And I'm his messenger. Dr. Fisher's my boss, my boss at 
at the Western Union. But God is my Lord. And he's the Lord of Lords. And the King of Kings. And so I ring doorbells. <laughs> and then I thought, downtown Oakland, California. I'm going to get my guitar. I found a fire plug on 10th and Broadway. I pretended that the fire plug was my pulpit, opened my guitar, got my guitar on my neck, and I thought, what am I going to do? Dad used to have street meetings where all the bums and drunks, remember that? We went there as kids. All the people laying there drunk out of their head, and we would play our instruments, and Dad would preach, and some of them would get saved. So now I'm going to do what Dad did. I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And why wouldn't God do for me what he did for my dad? And so I was there, had my guitar on, and then I thought, this is stupid. There's nobody here. People are walking back. And so I started saying, yes, God is real. He is real in my soul. My God is real. And I've been washed, and he made me whole. And people started gathering. Would you believe that as I was preaching there, there was 50,000, well, 50 people there. So I almost got to be one of the evangelists on television. 50,000 And in the crowd was my brother Daniel, who had gone away from the Lord, but was on his way to the Sweets Ballroom, and you used to go to the Sweets Ballroom. I never did. I God. Daniel saw a crowd of people and he thought it was a riot and he and his girlfriend Sue which is his wife and the mother of David in our church she and he came and there on the street corner saw their little peewee brother with a crowd of people and people getting saved a drunkard staggered up vomit and, and, and filth on him and he started breaking up the meeting. And some pachucos came, and they started beating on him. I said, you can't do that. You can't do that. Well, he's breaking up the meeting, and we're going to... And they had tire chains, and they had switchblades. I said, no, 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 no. I'm preaching the gospel. So, well, we don't want what you preach. You, you didn't preach about Mary and, and Saint this and Saint that. I said, well, we'll get around to it. <laughs> I said, I want to tell you what Jesus can do for you. Before I preach, they said, we're going to get you. You're, you're, you're going to be a has-been. We're going to kill you. And so I preached. I looked at the clock of the Tribune Tower, and it was 7 o'clock. I preached till 9 o'clock. And they all knelt down on the street and gave their heart to Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. So what I'm saying don't tell me I don't have any gift. You do have a gift. You've got to stir up the gift of God that is in you. You can do anything that God said you can do. Heal the sick. Cast out devils. Pray the prayer of faith. Lay hands upon people. Impart to them the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on, everybody. Hallelujah. Open your house. Have a home meeting. Have have some, you know, we're going we're gonna to see. You're going to come back to this building, and there's going to be standing room only. The greatest revival 
that has ever come to Detroit hasn't happened. It is going to happen. And this church, Evangel, is going to be right in the middle of what God is doing. God's going to add new faces, new preachers and families and workers and, and deacons and elders and, 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 and people that want to feed the poor and care for the uh, chaplain ministry and go to the hospital and go to jail. My secretary, I said, call, call Apostle of Jerry and, 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 and get licensed. Get one of those things and start doing jail ministry. She did, and she's going to jail. But I said, don't go to jail on my time. Hallelujah. <laughs> Are you ready to be full of the Holy Ghost? Full of, now I'm going to tell you something. Every single one of you have a gift of God. No, the Bible says everyone. When you get to baptism... You're also given a gift. And there are about 30 gifts in the Bible. The gift of the Father, the gift of the Son, and the gift of the Holy Ghost. I have to preach next week at Gateway on what are these 40 gifts. But everyone has one of them. You say, but I don't know what it is. Then ask God. Because God intended when he filled you with the Holy Ghost, not just to make you feel good, but to make you a distributor, a, a, a deliverer, an evangelist, come on now, a teacher, a prophetic voice, and you have to have a gift of the Spirit. Yeah, now there are people that just want to lay around and laugh all day or just speak in tongues all day. You only speak in tongues to generate your battery. The Bible says that you stir up the gift of God by praying in the Holy Ghost. So get that battery and then go out and do something. You say, what if nothing happens? You know, I'm never worried about what if nothing happens. What I'm, what I'm really, really enthused about is what if it does happen? Hallelujah. What if it does happen? And so I'm in the Philippines. We're going to have a great conference. A great conference. In fact, this church was a part of it. You supported, uh, you supported our missionaries. And uh, we were all one. And uh, I, 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 I wanted to pray for the mayor. And I found out who the mayor was. And I went to pray with him. I took my team. And we went to pray. And he said, you know, I thank you for your prayers. My wife is dying. She's on a dialysis machine. She, I've sent her all over the world. They're millionaires. She had 30 carat diamonds on her finger. And she's, got, she's at the summer house, and I want you to go. I said, well, can I take a team? And I took a couple of my preacher friends and one Catholic priest. And we went over there, and there was the sun house, and she was sitting there. And uh, there was a teapot and cups, and she poured us a cup, and she said, why are you here? I said, your husband wants us to pray. I've been all over the world. I've been the Lady Fatima. I've been where Mary appeared. I have had, you know, I got my own priest. And sure enough, she showed me the building. She built her own chapel. I, I've, I've went everywhere in the world to be healed. I'm dying. I said, well, uh, I want to read something. She said, oh, read to me. 
I said, but I got to read to you Matthew 8, 17. It says, himself took our infirmities. Then I made her read it. I said, please, Mrs. Santos, I don't mean to be rude. Read what it says. Himself took our infirmities. You've got a disease that's killing you. You bought your own dialysis because you keep flying and it's so hard for you to keep flying to the hospital in Manila. And so you're dying. You know you're dying. Your husband knows you're dying. I'm here to tell you, God wants to heal you. Now, I ask you, what do you want? How much money do you want for the tea and cookies? Well, you insult me! Oh, why, 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 why can't you take this money? She said, I'm, I paid for it. I said, well, that's what it says in Matthew. Jesus paid. Not for your cookies. <laughs> he prayed for your, your, your internal organs. He took your infirmities. And then I said, read it. And she was mean. And she read it. Okay, I will come tonight. You know where you're meeting? I own that property. I will come tonight and you will heal me. I said, no. I will pray for you. And that night I was up in the pulpit and here come six jeeps and people with Tommy guns, soldiers. And I thought, oh, 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 oh. I called the whole team. Come on. We got, we got something to do here. We got to have a miracle or we're going to jail. <laughs> she came and she says, I'm ready. You heal me. I said, no. I got my team. I'm going to pray for you. And God will heal you. And I laid hands upon her and she began to shake. And she fell down on her knees and started crying. I mean crying hysterically. And she got saved and baptized in the Holy Ghost. Come on, come on, come on. What I want to do is stir you up. You can do it. I didn't graduate from a seminary. I graduated from the book of Acts. Hallelujah. I'm acting like the apostle said we ought to act. She got healed. Our next meeting was in the biggest stadium in Manila. And sure, my team was there. And uh, we just had a, a wonderful service. And all of a sudden, she comes walking down, walks up the stairs. I'm behind the pulpit. And she says, I'm healed. I got rid of the dialysis machine. And here, and she had an envelope filled with $100 bills. I pushed it away. I said, I can't take money. I can't. Well, who's paying for this auditorium? She said, pay for the auditorium. And I got a suite at the Insular Hotel, $500 a day. I've got it rented for you and your wife. You poor kids. You have worked so hard. So we went. Not any of my team was invited. And we went, wow. We said, you got a Mercedes and a driver. He'll take you anywhere. Order anything on the menu. And so we got our room and got comfortable. And we woke up to a call. I'm downstairs. Mrs. Sanchez says, I brought my priest. He wants you to pray for him that he will get filled with the Holy Ghost. Every day she brought her 
people to that hotel. And because she was who she was, I could pray and speak in tongues and cast out devils and pray for the same. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now it's not me. It's not me. It's the Holy Ghost giving me power, courage, strength. Are you hearing? What if it don't happen? What if it does? Hallelujah. God will get all the glory. God will get all There isn't one of you that would be disqualified to have the gifts of healing. There's not one of you that would be disqualified. Should I impart unto you the baptism of the Holy Ghost with a spiritual gift, then you would activate it. You would stir it up. You would stir it up. You'd give your gift a poke and it'd be stirred up. And the fire of my Holy Spirit would do the work in other people's lives. And you will give me the glory and you will give me the honor. You will take no credit. It'll be by my spirit. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Say it, Lord. Put your hands up, everybody. Are you ready? Are you ready? Every one of you that want your gifts to be manifest, stand on your feet and run up here. Want them to be manifest. Supernatural healing, prophecy, laying the hands for the sick. Boy, I tell you, there's nothing any more fun than when I prayed for my wife, a polio cripple, and saw her after three months in isolation during the greatest epidemic, the greatest epidemic of polio, where thousands were dying. It was like this terrible epidemic we just had. And she saw an ad in the paper, bring the sick, bring the sick, the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk. And she said, Mother, I want to go to that meeting. Shirley, you can't go. You, you, they, they flew her brother, one from Korea. The government flew her to go to her dying bed. Another one was in Hawaii in the, in the army. And they flew him. And they went to the hospital because she was supposed to die. But they brought her to the meeting. And I was in a bad mood in that meeting. They had the fire too hot. And hundreds of kids had taken all the space, and I couldn't walk around and preach. And I was just in a bad mood, and I said, where's the janitor? Turn the heat down. And I said, no, I'm not going to pray for a lot of sick people tonight. And God said to me, that's what you think. <laughs> First one in line was a cripple they carried in, a blonde, bleach blonde, with a little help from her friends. And... Uh, crutches and braces and uh, they were holding her up and I prayed for her and I told her mother you walk to the back of the building and I'm going to command her to walk without crutches and braces to you well she can't do that I said that was before now she's prayed for I obeyed God and surely walked till midnight back and forth in that auditorium it was a school building. And she walked back and forth. When she got home, her grandmother was so mad. We called the police. We wondered, what in the world happened to you? She said, Grandma, I got prayed for 
And this little preacher prayed for me and God healed me. Surely you're dreaming. You're not healed. Tomorrow you'll be back on your crutches and you'll be crippled. She was not a believer. Well, tomorrow came. They measured her and her legs from her ankles to uh, her knees grew two inches around and polio was gone. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I want these gifts stirred up. Come here, honey. Come here. Look at her. Look at this beautiful woman. And as she was walking back and forth, God said, there's your wife. I said, I rebuke you, Satan. I'm not wanting a wife. But I kept looking. Then they invited me to the home. Then the mayor, her father, said, we got the auditorium. You can preach a revival. And the mayor, who was an alcoholic and not saved, had a preacher come. And the sheriffs and the police and the school teachers and the principals came by the hundreds. And guess what? I got to make two altar calls, one inside and one outside for the crowd to be saved. And people were getting saved and healed by the power. Now, I'm a revivalist. I don't believe in this. Well, I'm timid. I don't believe in it. I'm a revivalist. I believe in sticking my neck out. I believe in stepping out on the word of God. If God is God, then he will send down the rain. That's what Elijah said. If God is God, then this poor man that can't walk will walk. This blind man will see. If God is God, I'm doing what he says. I say it in his name. He gets all the honor. He gets all the glory. If you want that, put both hands up. Now, I'm, I know God has to be sick and tired of people that are claiming the Holy Ghost and nothing to show for it. You've got the Holy Ghost. Listen, my neighbor just bought a house uh, about uh, uh, three, four years ago. And he never met me, and I never met him. Shame on me. So he yelled one day as I parked my car in the drive. He said, Pee-wee! And I looked at this man. He was Syrian. And I said, Why did you call me Pee-wee? He said, I wanted to find out who lived next door to me. And I found out, I Googled you, and I found out that your brothers called you Pee-wee, and your dad called you Pee-wee, and that you had a wife that had polio, and she got healed. And I said, what's that to you? He said, I want you to dedicate my house. I said, I'm glad that's to you. I'll be glad to dedicate your house. Let's go. He said, not now. So the next day, he tells me to come. I come dressed, thinking it's, you know, going to be. And there's 45 people there. And they all had cocktails, and they gave me one. <laughs> and I'm walking around, looking at the crowd. All of these Syrians. Hmm. I am sorry. I can't dedicate this house. And I put my drink down. <gasps> the look on his face was. I said, I can't dedicate this house unless I dedicate all the people in the house. So I said, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. And repeat after me. Now, you keep your hands up because I'm going to have you repeat after me. But the prayer I prayed was, Lord Jesus, I know you died on the cross to save me from my sins. 
I haven't really thanked you for that. And I know now that well, I'm in a house that's being dedicated to you. And he won't dedicate the house without the inhabitants. And so, Lord, come and live in our house. I invite you to be my Lord and my Savior. I know I have sinned. I know I've come short. And 45 people accepted Jesus Christ as their... Come on. Hallelujah. You can do it! You can do it. Put your hands up as high as you can. Lord, thank you for this conference. Thank you for Apostle uh, Gary, Jerry, and co-pastor. Thank you, Lord, that you let me attend. I heard what I need to hear. I have a gift of the Spirit. I may have another gift of the Spirit that I've never exercised. Oh, God, I want to do what you called me to do. I be what you called me to be and use what you gave me. Refill me, refill me, refill me, more, more. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Until it runs out like a river. You will see the sick heal. You will see the deaf here. No, no, Shaba. Jesus said, Jesus, I'm yours. I'm yours. You can have my life. You can have my mouth, my voice, my, my, my uh, abilities that you've given me to use for your glory and honor. I'll take no credit. I'll take no glory. I'll take no honor. Use me. Use me. Use me. Hallelujah. 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 Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. You too. You haven't seen anything yet, but you've seen a lot. And it was God's will and God's purpose that you come here to be a blessing and help Pastor Jerry and Cheryl. But I want to tell you something. God's not finished with you. There is coming a reset in your life. There's coming a, 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 a metamorphosis. You know what that is? That's being changed from one thing into another thing. God is going to be changing. And what you thought was a good gift and a good thing, God says, I've got something. Enlargement and increasement. If you are yielded, saith the Lord, and open to it, those dreams that you had and those desires that burned at you one time, like a little, little newborn Christian, you are going to be a firebrand for the Lord. And so open up your heart and say, God, whatever is in there that shouldn't be there, out, out. I'm ready, God. I'm ready to get into action. How many are ready? I'm going to go talk. Yeah, da, da. Come here. You that are ready, go lay hands upon my brother Samson. My brother Samson needs a miracle. Go ahead. Samson, come here. Stand up, Samson. Oh, stand up, stand up. There's a bunch of people going to pray for you. He, he's having a breath problem. He's got one lung. He's been in the hospital. He's had stint after stint 
put in him. Come on. He's in the right church now. He's in the right place. People are praying. Heal him. Heal him. Heal. Heal his lungs. Heal. Heal his breathing. Heal. You can give him a word if God gives it to you. Samson, you're not going to heaven yet. You're only a year older than me. Hallelujah. Blow your saxophone some more. You used to be on staff in this church. Oh, don't give up. Don't give in. Where is my honey? Where is my honey? Shirley, take this microphone and sing There's Never Been a Day Like This. There's never been a day like this day. Never been an hour like this hour. Praise the Lord. Never been a time like this time. It's a great day to serve the Lord. God's got what? A mighty army. A mighty army arising. Yes. And its ranks are from every nation. God is calling his people to unity. Reconciling us to justification. There's never been a day like this day. Never been an hour like this hour. Never been a time like this time. It's a great day to serve the Lord. Put your hands up, everybody. Just talk to Jesus now. You're not talking to anyone else. Just talk to Jesus. Talk to Jesus. Oh, <laughs> like a baby being filled, like a four-year-old kid in the simplicity, in the hunger, in the thirst, in the burning desire for God to be glorified in your life. Oh, I wish I could prophesy over every one of you but I'm telling you I don't see one person here that God would withhold a gift from if you want to be used of God raise your hands and say here I am to be used of God to preach, to sing, to pray, to be used of God, to show someone God's gonna use you. God's gonna bless you. I'm telling you, Rabo Shadaba, many of you are called to preach, many are called to teach, many of you are called to be a part of an apostolic team, a prophetic team. Every one of you. Now listen to me. Listen to me, I would not exaggerate or lie, but everybody gets somebody by the hands beside your wife or husband. No, no, no. Let me show you how. Let me show you how. I did this 18,000 people from Venezuela. I had made a mistake. I made a mistake. 18,000 leaders 
first apostolic prophetic conference. And I said, God wants people from these 20 some nations for me to pray for. They misunderstood and 18,000 started coming, pressed me against the wall. They wanted God so desperately. And I said, stop. And I got way away from them. And I said, something better than me laying hands upon you. And then I said, come here, brother. Come here. I said, take somebody by the hand like this. Tell them your name. And then tell them you're going to pray for them. And it'll take about two or three minutes. Speak in tongues about 30 seconds. And then break hands. And they obeyed 18,000 people. And I said, then look them in the eye. And don't say, thus saith the Lord. Don't say, yay, yay, yay. You don't have to put all that. Just say, I sense that there's a sickness in you, if that's what you're sensing. Or I sense that there's a financial problem. And don't say, thus saith the Lord yet. It's your beginning to get, because it is God's will that all people prophesy. Would to God, Moses said, that all Israel were prophets. Uh And he said, covet earnestly the best gift. Now, Now God says what he wants to say, and don't you try to compare your gift with what God said. But he said, desire to prophesy. And so 18,000 people that were going to crush me are now prophesying over each other. And they went on from the afternoon service to the night service, and we couldn't stop them. They were prophesying. Come on, come on. (laughs) Venezuela, Nicaragua, yeah, yeah, Uh, Guatemala, all these Central American countries. Now I know when the prophet called me out and he said, I'm going to open up another nation. I thought I'd have to go to all these nations. I don't have to go to all these nations. All I have to do is teach these nations in a conference that they can do what God says they can do. And do it now. Hallelujah. And people, you never know what God will do. I'm at the mall and I see a guy having an an epileptic attack and I know I can't make a scene in the mall where I'll be thrown out so I just take my gun my finger and I command that epileptic spirit to go in Jesus name suddenly he stops shaking and a comedy looks up to me and smiles you can do it you can do it you can do it. Paul had a woman running after him he is the man of God he come to show us the way Four days he took it. He is a man of God. And he turned around and he said, shut up. I don't need you to tell me to that devil. Get out of her. And that woman made a lot of money with her prophetic gift from the devil. And she got delivered because Paul got tired of the nonsense. Come on. Hallelujah. You got the power of the Holy Ghost. The devil is scared of you. Now God's people are saying, get this devil off of me. You know what the devil is saying? Get these people off of me. He's more frightened of you 
than you ever have been frightened of him because you have more power over him than he has over you. Behold, I give you power over all, over all, say it, over all. Now, anyone that's got their nerve, find some neighbors, tell them, can I pray for you? Can I pray that the pandemic won't hit your house? Can I pray for any needs you have? Can I just pray? Do it right now. Get somebody by the hand. Speak in tongues for 30 seconds. No, no, look at me eye, eyeball to eyeball. Eyeball to eyeball. Eyeball to eyeball. And then start prophesying. It may be money. It may be healing. It may be a job. It may be children. It may be problems. It may be losing their house. Losing their job. Who knows what God will whisper in your ear. Come on, prophesy. Prophesy. You can do it. I will serve you. I will heal you. You are gifted. You're full of the Get it. Grab it. Grab it. Come on, you're going to get healed. Come on, you're going to get healed. You'll get that job. You'll get that money that's owed you. You're not, no, 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 no. That tumor will go. 